Hello, I am Mr. Hine. You're, you're on, I think you're muted. Oh, oh sorry, sorry, Mr. Hine. Um, I'm Dr. Mackenzie. And as you can see, we are uh, conducting uh, Arundel Politics in Lockdown via Zoom. And we both, I think, thought that we needed a bit of cheering up because we're feeling a bit blue. So we thought that we'd take this opportunity to have a light-hearted look at some of the events over the last few months and uh, to poke a little bit of fun at some of the main political characters. There's certainly a lot to poke fun at, isn't there? <laughs> lots, lots <laughs> indeed, lots of ammunition. So why are we feeling blue? Well, well we're not going back to school next week, so we're, we're going to miss our, uh, we're going to mm. miss being back, we're going to miss the kids. Um, anything in particular you're going to be missing, Dr Mackenzie? Oh, I'm going to miss seeing all of our tweed-clad colleagues cycling past with their cheery grins. And <laughs> not forgetting those Andal tracksuits, of course, I'll certainly miss seeing those. Not that there are as many tracksuits here as there were up on the hill. That one's for you, Dicko. Is that a shout-out, Mr Hine? Yes, we actually have a few people <laughs> who actually are listening. So to all our, all three of our loyal supporters. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks, Mum. Indeed, thank you very much. And what else are you going to miss, Mr Hine? Well, those sort of nuggets of uh, interactions one has with one's pupils, of course. Yeah, anything in particular? Um... Well, there was, I mean, sort of, there's been a, I always enjoy my time with my duties and there was a, there was an incident last term when, you know, I was trying to uh, get to know the, the pupils a bit better and there's been a bit of a push to increase the reading at the school, which is, uh, mm, which is that's a, good. You know, positive. And so I'm just having a little interaction. So, hey, how are you getting on? How's, how's, your, how's your term? Yeah, 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 fine, sir. Um, uh, are, you, are you reading anything at the moment? Yeah, yeah, start a new book, sir, enjoying it. Oh, that's good. So, uh, what's it called again? Oh, Fifty Shades of Grey, sir. Um, so, I thought it was little nuggets that you miss, really. It's difficult to generate that online. I, but, I didn't um, realise that was on the GCSE English uh, reading list. I think, I think it's on the A-level one now. I think, I think it was taken off the GCSE onto, onto A-level. So, we are going to miss the pupils and we're going to miss our, our, our colleagues. So, we, we do need cheering up. So, um, here's our little carry-on COVID special. <laughs> So we are in lockdown again. Um, that means, of course, we've got to decide who to bubble with. We've got to decide how we're going to get our daily exercise. How are you going to do that, Mr. Hine? What are you planning for your daily exercise? Well, option one. Option one is I think I might go for a run with Boris Johnson. Oh, very nice. Good. Would he make a good running partner, do you well, think? Well, things, things, things to think about. Um, I don't think he'd be very quick. So... <laughs> <laughs> That he doesn't strike one as a as an athlete, does he? Really? No, not, no. Although there is that clip where he does take that lad out on the run, <laughs> which true. is very it's enjoyable. An impressive so, tackle, so, yeah. so hopefully he would stick to his own lane. <laughs> um, so that that would be in the plus column, um, Boris. Um, a couple of things that do concern me about going mm. for a run with Boris. The first is I think if I set off for a run, I kind of like to know where I was going. Mm. And there has been a little bit of a tendency of late for Boris to set off in one direction, and then before you know it, we're Doing a bit of a U-turn and going back again? <laughs> yeah, he has been known for a bit of a U-turn this year, hasn't he, really? I mean, 2020 really was the year of U-turns for Boris Johnson. Everything from, well, mass community testing being scrapped back in March after, and I quote, significant expansion of COVID testing was promised just the day before. Uh, there's been U-turns on free school meals. Um 
back in June and then again in November, if you remember Marcus Ratchford's um, free school meals campaign. Uh, what else? Well, of course, you turn on exam results in England in the summer. We were told, first of all, there'd be no U-turn because the exam results were pretty robust. And then lo and behold, only two days later, the government announced a U-turn again. And of course, we've got to mention, well, numerous U-turns on the tier system, schools reopening uh, and lockdown itself just last week. So lots of U-turns indeed. Now, I mean, we are very aware, of course, it's been unbelievably challenging uh, conditions in which to be a leader in. And many would say that leaders are only as good as the, um, the team they've got to pick from or support mm -hmm. them. And one could make a case that uh, Boris has a particularly weak hand to play. Um, you could also say, therefore, that's up to him to uh, pick better people mm -hmm. or improve the quality. So we got Boris. We got <laughs> going for a run with Boris. Um, our first option. The other thing I have a slight concern about is how long we might be running for, because if rumours are to be believed, he's not particularly keen to get back to uh, his partner right now. <laughs> so although the pace will be slow, it might be quite long with lots of U-turns. <laughs> So something to think about with our first bit of exercise, who are we going to uh, exercise mm. with? Are we going to go for a run with Boris? Let's see. Well, if we're not going to go for a run with Boris, then what about uh, a round of golf with Trump? <laughs> golf, with, golf with Donald Trump. So I think, I think I'm right in saying that we can actually still play golf in Scotland, although not in England right now. I'm just going to check that with a producer. I think they nodded. Yeah, fine. No, that, yeah, no, fine. It is. Yes, no. So you can golf. I think, I think that um, Donald can still golf if he was to come to Scotland. So what would be the positives about, or otherwise, about playing golf with Donald, do you think, Doc? Well, I mean, if it was a round of crazy golf, then <laughs> he might do quite well. Um, but to be perfectly honest, I think he'd be pretty unbearable. I mean, his cheating, his refusal to admit defeat. Um, I mean, he'd only play holes in the fairway, wouldn't he? He'd avoid the rough if possible. Um, He'd probably claim his triple bogey on the final hole was really an ace. And what would have to be slightly concerned, I mean, who's going to be carrying his bag? Um, I mean, you have to be slightly concerned with uh, somebody sort of as you're lining over a little three-foot putt with some big confederacy flag being flown <laughs> in the background in your eye line. Wouldn't be very happy with that. So there'll be certainly some, some things that would be concerning about golfing with uh, Donald. Um, what would we discuss, though, as, as we went round, you think, on the round? Well, I guess an interesting topic of conversation would be what state is he leaving the Republican Party in? I mean, it's been a pretty tumultuous few years, hasn't it, really? And particularly recently, we've seen a, an increasing divide between uh, fairly sort of high up members of the Republican Party distancing themselves from Trump, most notably Mike Pence, his uh, vice president, um, I mean, the questions have been raised really recently as to whether it's actually Mike Pence that's in charge rather than Donald Trump. If you have been following the news and uh, uh, keeping up with these riots that have been going on the last couple of days, it turns out it was Mike Pence that actually authorised the National Guard to go and uh, sort things out at the Capitol building. Um, that, of course, Mr. Hine raises questions about um, who really is fit for office here. Um, the 25th Amendment, of course, allows for the vice president to take over in the event that the president is incapacitated. Uh, is that possibly what's happened without us knowing? Down the road, I think it would be an error to invoke the 25th Amendment because I think it would be better if he was 
allowed to leave with as little confrontation now as possible because I think that by invoking the 25th that would lead to give more oxygen mm. uh, to this sense of injustice that Trump and his uh, supporters are trying mm. to uh, encourage. Uh, so I, I don't think that invoking the 25th would be the right thing to do. And I also think it's very interesting and maybe concerning about the number of what you might call less lunatic fringe of the Republican Party who have failed to really hold Trump mm. to account and who still believe that the election was actually stolen. And of course, um, a poll conducted just the other day uh, seems to indicate that 52% of Republican voters believe that Donald Trump actually rightfully won the election and that Joe Biden didn't. So an option is to therefore play 18 holes with, with Donald. Um, we think he'd probably cheat. Uh, we think he wouldn't accept defeat. We think he'd have some pretty unpleasant people supporting him. Uh, but interesting things to discuss on the way around. So our final option would be perhaps to do something a little bit different and uh, carry out some of the traditional Highland games, perhaps, with Nicola Sturgeon. OK, well, well like tossing a kyber? It's a caber, Mr oh, Hine. Oh, I've never tossed <laughs> Carry on up the oh, caber. Oh, sorry, yeah, so... Oh uh, yeah, well fine, there we go, there's a little option, it's, it's obviously on the to-do list, on the things to do before you die, is to toss a good caber. Um, so yeah, so you must have done that a few times. Well, of course, I mean, you know, growing up in Scotland, you know, I've uh, had caber tossing lessons, of course, I mean, each morning as a child would begin with uh, a hearty breakfast of porridge made in a drawer, of course, um, with a side of black pudding and haggis, all washed down with iron brew. Um, I'd then don my kilt, I'd do a little highland fling through the heather, I'd be slicing down sassanax with my ski and dew, making my way to school, all the while the sound of the bagpipes droning on behind me. Um, the caber tossing lessons tended to come after the distilling lessons and before the weaving lessons, and of course it was all conducted in Gaelic. So yes, I'm quite adept at uh, tossing the caber. Now, whether Nicola is as skilled, I'm not sure. Certainly her performance in Swing Ball wasn't so good when she got uh, hit in the head um, as she was on a walkabout in Glasgow, but I've got high hopes for her. So laden, therefore, with <laughs> some nice stereotypes there. <laughs> and on, on to be serious then, so Nicola Sturgeon... Um, she has become, you'd say, one of the most sort of dominant figures in UK politics. Mm. Um, but a time then when there does seem to be rising nationalism, that I think the uh, polls consistently over mm. the last year have shown increasing support for Scottish nationalism. Where, what sort of place will Scotland have now um, out of the EU? She, I think she asked, therefore, for the EU to keep the seat warm. Mm -hmm. Keep um, that light on. Keep the light on. What, what, what is it? Do you think that Nicola Sturgeon has had a good year? And what do you think the future is for Scotland, Dr Mackenzie? Um, I think... She's certainly been able to carve a niche for herself. Um, one of the benefits for the SNP in being a party of both opposition and government is that they can perform many roles at once. And certainly in Scotland, uh, Nicola Sturgeon has um, 
sort of put forward a, a clear plan for dealing with COVID that has been noticeably different from that in England. She has clearly shown Scotland to be um, a different country in terms of dealing with that particular issue. Um, in Westminster, of course, the SNP are uh, now the third party, um, which is a, a significant feat for a party that really began life as a very niche regionalist party. Um, and in that position in opposition, they can, of course, question what the government is doing uh, in a way that perhaps some smaller niche parties cannot. My, my take would be, and I, you, I don't know what you think, but the, the SNP within, um, by the press within that Westminster mm. bubble, seemed to get much easier ride than the Conservative mm. Party or the Labour Party. Would that, would that be fair? Is, is, is there been a slight dereliction of duty on behalf of the sort of the... The, the press to really hold the SNP to account? Well, I don't know about you, but I've still been hearing in the press uh, when they've been talking about a traditional three-party or a two-and-a-half-party system, they're consistently referring to the Liberal Democrats. And I think there's been a... Who? <laughs> well, like, do you remember that? From the dim and distant past, the Liberal Democrats. But I think there's been a reluctance to accept that the SNP now actually are the third party in the United Kingdom. Uh, and I would agree with you that um, there is a lack of both scrutiny and uh, platforming, I think, for the SNP in the media. And I suppose maybe the in this looming year, uh, 2021, an area which scrutiny might fall is over the relationship between Alex Salmon and mm. uh, Nicola Sturgeon. So that's something, as we are indeed tossing the caber up the kyber, <laughs> that is something that we could potentially be discussing with Nicola Sturgeon. So, with all that in mind then, Mr Hine, what are you going to do for your daily exercise? I'm going to go and run with Boris. Nice. I'm well, going to go through Hyde Park, hopefully, <laughs> because I miss, uh, I miss London, so I'm going to go and run with Boris. Excellent. Well, I think I've got to toss that cable with Nicola. So, sorry, Donald, you're on your own. <laughs> so, we've decided who we're going to have our um, daily exercise with, but what about the big decision about who to bubble with? We need a support bubble. <laughs> um, so, I'm throwing it out there, first up is what about bubbling with Nigel Farage? Oof, that's a controversial one, isn't it? I mean, he'd turn up at your house, he would complain about everything that goes on in your house, he'd say that what he had at home was bigger and better, and of course it was all British made. Um, you'd um, offer him some... Uh, nice um, exotic food and he'd turn it down insisting on what bangers and mash maybe pie and gravy all washed down of course with a good uh, english bitter but he, but i'm a fan of fish <laughs> i'm a fan of fish and one has to accept the fact that there's more there's, there's more fish now isn't it well nigel farage is also a fan of fish i think provided it's british fish it's so uh, you know you could discuss the nationality of fish with him but do we really have more fish now? Is the deal that uh, Boris has won for our fish really uh, any better than it was before? Well, I mean, well, by 2026, uh, potentially we can prevent any EU boats fishing in our waters. This is, this is great news for Nigel, I think. <laughs> it is. The downside of that might be that British vessels can't go and fish in European Well, waters. let's not worry about the detail, shall we? Indeed, no, indeed not. But, uh, but uh, the other thing is I, I'm also quite a big fan of bananas. Oh, yeah. Do you prefer your bananas straight or curved? I, I like them... I, I like them... <laughs> 
Brian? <laughs> I'm not really bothered about where this little curve, but I'll be a bit annoyed if he came round and started like measuring my banana, for example, <laughs> when it was too curvy. That would upset me. So, but, you know, this is a point of contention, Mr. Hine, because you like a brown banana, and I'm afraid I like a green banana. And here's a little insight into my life: I keep my bananas in the fridge. Well, there we go. And what what what, what would Nigel make of that? So. We've got a potential Nigel Farage. He, he would be one of those guests, as you say, that turned up and you'd have a nice 42-inch TV and mm. he'd be like, oh, he's got a 48 at home and nothing would ever be quite good enough for him. And of course, he wouldn't just come into your house, but he'd change the name of your house, possibly change your address completely, and then later on in the week decide, actually, your house isn't good enough. He's going to go and pitch a tent in the garden and call his tent something else. So what, what, what's the latest name? What, what's his party? The Reform the, Party, the, isn't the, it? The, the Reform Party. Um, so there we go. So Nigel comes round, changes everything, not happy. Um, plenty of bangers and mash. Mm -hmm. Plenty of, well, 24% extra fish <laughs> in the next six years, maybe, if not. But um, So that's option number one. Mm -hmm. We could bubble with Nigel Farage. Option two then. What, what about going to Germany? What about bubbling with Muti herself, Angela Merkel? Well, I mean, this would be the last opportunity to bubble with Angela, wouldn't it? Because uh, she is, of course, stepping down at the next election in September. Um, do you think she'd be a good person to bubble with, Mr. Hyde? Well, I, like, I mean, I think if you're going to bubble with someone, you need someone who gives good hugs. <laughs> and I think, I think that strikes me, Moody, <laughs> rather than Nigel Farage. I think if I had a choice, I'd rather hug uh, Angela Merkel. So in that sense, a good one, but on a, in, a, in a serious way mm. that she... You also need someone to bubble with someone who can deal with problems. Mm. Well, we know during lockdown there's a lot of family disputes, people winding each other up, getting on each other's nerves, and I think she'd be quite good at resolving domestic tensions, wouldn't she? Well, she's been so how like, she's been the coalition government for what? Well, how long? Fifteen years. Fifteen. I mean, an unbelievable, yeah. really, the way that she has uh, been that dominant figure, mm -hmm. uh, bringing different opinions into mm -hmm. a form of a coalition government. So lots of attributes there, mm. I think, that you potentially want to bubble yeah, with. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Of course, you can rely on Angela, I think, to keep on top of the household budget. Um, back in 2008, she successfully negotiated a stimulus package um, to tackle EU-wide recession. Uh, she'd also help you keep your energy bill down. Um, her energy vendor programme has focused on energy uh, development. Um, she's hoping to end nuclear, increase the use of renewable energy. So I think she'd be a positive force for good when it came to your energy bills, at least. Is there, is there a bit of sort of German efficiency being referenced here? <laughs> well, as we previously alluded to, we're not really fans of national stereotypes. <laughs> no, indeed not. More equality and diversity training for us. Um, so Angela Merkel, yes, and she has been um, an extremely dominant figure mm. on the European stage. And I suppose as uh, Brexit takes hold mm. and uh, Euroscepticism in a number of countries, mm. including Italy, I think, mm. um, is taking hold as well. Uh, Europe will miss Angela Merkel and the steady uh, governorship, really, that she's provided to some degree on the European continent. Um, but if she's available to bubble with... All good for us. <laughs> so we've got uh, Nigel, we've got Angela. What about Joe Biden? Would you fancy bubbling with him? Joe, well, sleepy <laughs> Joe. So, well, he'd be asleep a lot, and I think that's important <laughs> because, you know, wanna, no, no disputes over who's watching what on the TV <laughs> if old Joe's asleep. Um, so that would be handy. 
Um, talking about being handy, <laughs> of course. I think I'd be fine bubbling with uh, Joe, but maybe others wouldn't be quite so comfortable. <laughs> On a serious note, of course, I mean, uh, if you're bubbling with Biden, he wouldn't just be in your house, but of course the Democrats have control of both houses of Congress now. Uh, Georgia declared just a couple of days ago and uh, that state has flipped to the Democrats. So they now have control of the Senate and of the House of Representatives. What does that look like then for cooperation, for bipartisanship uh, in the coming uh, years? Well, you've got a Democrat president, both houses are Democrat, Supreme Court is conservative, but as we've seen, conservative doesn't necessarily mean Trump. And what that does sort of segue into is is the job that the Supreme Court, Mm. along with then the lower courts, have actually done. Um, over recent weeks Mm -hmm. in invalidating the claims of Trump and his supporters. And so although uh, there's much to be alarmed Mm. about with American democracy over recent weeks, to some degree this idea of this true separation Mm. of powers actually has uh, has worked. Absolutely, and the Supreme Court has shown itself to be upholding the Constitution above all else. Indeed. So the possibility of uh, bubbling with the elderly uh, (laughs) but rightful Uh, president of the US, um, that might be appealing to many. Um, And Mr Hine, you said before that you're missing London, so how about we come back to London, North London in particular, Um, how would you feel about bubbling with Jeremy Corbyn? (laughs) Oh, Jeremy Corbyn. (laughs) Um, So it strikes me that it would be a bit like your Christmas dinner with uh, your grandpa who's probably had a few too many and falls asleep and then suddenly wakes up every now and then with some something shouts something out and then goes back to sleep um what does joe so he might wake and say something such as free broadband which would be good if you're in lockdown stuck at home and on zoom as we are today and and it is um obviously as the schools are in Mm. lockdown with many uh, many children not having access to uh, remote learning it is now seemingly, and again, increasingly mm-hmm. push for a national policy towards that. And that was something, of course, that was in Corbyn's manifesto. Absolutely. So Corbyn, yeah, he, he'd, again, sleep a lot. He would have <laughs> some interesting ideas to discuss. We could talk about the, in, the need to nationalise the railways. Absolutely, yeah. Um, for example... We could invite his brother around with him, maybe. Is that, no, is that against? Sorry, that might be... His brother could be outside. No, outside from a distance. Rule of six, Mr Hine, rule Not of six. Agreed. So let's... We've got Jeremy bubbling and we've got Piers then around with him. Yeah. He's an interesting character. Of course, he's known for being a bit of a, an anti-masker, so um, he might stop in by while he's on one of his protests. So, yeah, buy one, get one free. One Corbyn, <laughs> get another one free. So th- there's an option. Um, Jeremy Corbyn, back to Islington, North London. Nice area to be bubbled. And while we're talking about Corbyn, what about his uh, his successor, uh, Keir Starmer? Sir, Keir Starmer. Oh, my apologies. So, sir, Starmer. Yeah, so, we, well, I mean, I used to be bubbled with a sir, <laughs> wouldn't it? Uh, or a captain, Captain Hindsight, is his point. Um, I mean, what have you got? I mean, Keir Starmer, I'm not sure I'd want to be in a bubble with Keir Starmer. Because what would you, I mean, what would you talk about all day, really? Not an awful lot, only that um, he'd have done exactly what you were doing that day, only he'd have done it sooner. <laughs> he, he would. He would have caught weirdly. So I had breakfast at nine o'clock and he was... And he he'd have had said, it at eight. He would have had it at eight and that, that would get a bit nauseating after a while. Um, so I'm sorry, he's written off. Yeah, off the two, I'm off. afraid Corbyn comes out yeah, on top indeed, in terms of bubbles. Indeed, bubble with the Corbyns, not the Starmers. <laughs> So away from the Labour Party then, what about um, a good Tory backbencher? What about a little bubble with Jacob Rees-Mogg? 
Oh, it'd be an interesting one, wouldn't it? I mean, uh, he's a fascinating guy. I mean, uh, expert on constitutional issues. Well, those conversations, yeah, those, those winter evenings would <laughs> they fly would, by. They would. They would. <laughs> we discuss the constitutional crisis with Jacob Rees-Mogg. Um, he wouldn't come alone, though, would no. he? Well, well, he'd bring his six kids, he wouldn't he? Which, I don't know about you, I mean, I'm less keen on that, I've got to be honest. A bit crowded in the house then. A little then. bit. Um, so that, that works against him. And, and something else, you know, is a real stickler for the rules. Mm, that's but what we're, we're famous for, we, actually. We are famous for that. And, and Jacob broke the rules, did he not? Well, he did. I mean, just uh, a couple of days ago, he uh, ignored government guidance, crossed COVID tears to go to church. Yeah, so that, that for me is utterly unforgivable. So I'm not sure he's going to find his way. Outrageous rule breaking. Uh, and then on the subject then, on our final potential bubble uh, option, on the subject of rule breakers, what about bubbling with Dominic Cummins? Well, Dom is uh, unemployed at the moment, isn't he? So he'd be kicking um, about the house quite a lot. Yeah, we don't really want someone who's there all the time. That's in the negative column. What else? It's true, but he does like a day trip. Doesn't he? He does enjoy a good day out, doesn't he? Um, I've heard Barnard Castle is one of his favourites. He enjoys a nice little trip to Barnard Castle, so <laughs> that'd be quite handy. He was uh, he was off a lot. <laughs> um, do we say, do we think that uh, that was the moment where the government lost some degree of control of uh, public opinion over the handling of the COVID crisis? With the well, I think it was certainly one uh, data point, if you like, uh, in terms of the government's handling on uh, COVID. They just lost credibility, didn't they, really? Um, there was a sense, I think, that there was one rule for them and one for us. And that doesn't go down too well with the public, I don't think. No, I mean, there was an, a line-up of a succession of people <laughs> who were <laughs> suddenly rolled out, um, having broken the COVID <laughs> rules. Um, it seems in this lockdown three, it's just various uh, stars of reality TV over in Dubai... Yeah, um, indeed, and the uh, Celtic football team, of course. In, indeed, yeah, they, they cleared off. So we have that. So our options, let's, to recap then, our options to bubble with. We've got the rule breaker of Dominic Cummings mm -hmm. and Jacob Rees-Mogg. Mm -hmm. We've got Sleepy Joe. Yeah, we've got uh, the Labour stalwarts of Corbyn and Starmer. We have, and... Of course, um, we go overseas and we've got Angela Merkel. We've got our German friend, Angela Merkel. And last, but by no means least, Mr. Brexit himself, Nigel Farage. Right. So there we go. There are our options. So what are you thinking, Dr. Mackenzie? Where are you bubbling? Well, I must say, in these difficult times, I think the cuddle from Angela Merkel wins out for me. And I'm going to go back to North London. I'm <laughs> going to go with cuddly grandpa, free broadband. <laughs> I'm going to go with... Ooh, Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> So we started off saying we're feeling a bit blue because we're in lockdown again, but I don't know about you, Mr. Hine. I think that's perked me up. I've decided now who I'm bubbling with. I've decided how I'm going to do my exercise. I feel now I've got a bit of a plan for this lockdown. Indeed. No, and it is um, obviously a, a time uh, of great anxiety mm. for, for lots of people. So we hope those listening have smiled once or twice. <laughs> uh, and if you want your doom and gloom, you can just turn into the BBC. <laughs> So that's goodbye from me, Mr. Hyde. And from me, Dr. McKenzie. Stay well. <laughs>